0: Good morning. Um, good to see you this morning uh, here in the building, but also for those joining us online. Um, challenging passage this morning in some ways uh, as we look at the story of Noah, but we're doing this series, as Fran has said, on trust this term. At the beginning of the term, we looked at some of the themes around trust, about trust in all sorts of different ways. And during Lent, we're thinking about individual biblical characters and the issue of trust in their times. Davis kicked us off last week looking at Abraham. And this week we're looking at the story of Noah that you'll find in Genesis 6-9. to A few weeks ago, uh, unsolicited, I flicked the telly on on one particular day at home. And there in front of me I recognised there was a film on TV that I'd never seen. I'd never seen it but I'd heard about it, it's quite an old film. And I realised it was a modern retelling of the story of Noah. I thought, well, I've got to preach on Noah, so I'll stop and watch it. Um, for those who are anxious about biblical faithfulness, probably not the film for you. If you're looking for something to make you smile and to pick up some of the bits of the story, actually there's some aspects of the story that are quite funny and amusing in places. that talk about and look at some of the issues in the story. The story of Noah is one of the most famous in the Bible. And it's a story in many ways that's still grabs our attention, particularly because we're so concerned in our generation about creation and the environment. It has judgment, it has violence and corruption, and has salvation in full view, not in part view, but right there slap in your face. God speaks to this man called Noah saying something absolutely ridiculous. Build an ark and populate it with your family and with the living creatures because a flood of judgment is coming. Noah builds ridiculously, but the rains come. Day after day for 40 days and nights, the rain comes and the ark floats and saves Noah and the animals and the rest of the living creatures in the ark what's remaining on the earth is destroyed eventually the waters subside and noah and the ark are saved and creation has a fresh start god promises never to wipe out people again with a sign of a rainbow it's a really well-known story in the bible Now, I wonder how you think about this story. Now, I would suggest to you in Bath in 2021 that this text is actually quite challenging. I mean, don't we like to think that everybody is basically okay? I mean, aren't we all really just good people? That judgment is bad? That I know lots of people who would argue that it's outdated and barbaric. Because, you know... Creation is lovely. Creation really is lovely. I mean, I don't know whether any of you were up this this week. I can't remember which day it was. I think it was Monday and saw the sunrise uh, one morning. That was extraordinarily beautiful. But this is what we see at the beginning of Genesis 6. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. And God said, I'll wipe them from the face of the earth what makes God so angry? What is it that makes God so angry? Human violence, corruption, evil, and wickedness. And however beautiful this morning you think creation is, violence is a natural problem in creation. Attenborough's TV documentaries are incredibly violent. We see as we look at creation, big viruses eating little viruses. We see big fish eating little fish. We see big animals eating little animals. And we smile and say, well, that's natural. It's the circle of life, people. But then we say, oh, but but when big nations destroy little nations, when big group of people destroy small groups of people, when teenage boys kill weakened but possibly teenage boys in London, or we see the vile abuse on the internet, we say, that is terrible. So what's the problem? What's the problem in all this? Because we're all part of nature. We are all part of nature. And unless there's a God, unless there's a true judge, unless there is true justice, unless there's something outside of nature itself, how can you say that anything that's natural is wrong? On what basis are you saying it this morning? How can you say anything in nature is crooked unless there's something straight somewhere to judge it against? In other words, you have to believe in some sense, in the supernatural, in some form, to even complain about violence. And what do we find here in this text? Violence grieves God. Violence grieves God. So much that a fresh start is needed. And there is a day of judgment for the violence and the corruption and the evil. There are consequences in our world. And for us as Christians, we affirm that only true justice is found in God. So what picture of God emerges in this text? There's lots of things, but I just want to have a look at a few of them. How do we see an infinitely holy, an infinitely loving, an infinitely just God bring terrible judgment on the earth? Let's look at the narrative in a few ways. Right at the beginning, we see that God sees Noah. God sees the state of creation. God sees. This should give us some heart today. All our lives are seen by an omnipresent God. Our lives are ones of significance in the presence of God. We then see that God speaks to Noah dramatically and radically for Noah. But I mentioned um, at um, Emmy's funeral on Thursday, we're reminded that the good shepherd continues to speak to his sheep today. God wants to speak to us. God is speaking to us. Are we listening? Are we listening? God may not be telling you to build an ark this morning. But what is he asking of you? What is he speaking to you? Consecrate yourself? Speak to somebody? Pick up the phone? Encourage somebody? Go and give something to somebody? Volunteer to help somebody? In 8-1 we also see as the narrative progresses after Noah has gone through this that God remembers now. Remember it took ages to build this ark. And there will be times of quiet faithfulness where God isn't asking you dramatically to do something new. He's just telling you faithfully to get on with what he's called you to do. And God remembers Noah. God hasn't forgotten us this morning. While our temptation is constantly to think that we're forgotten somehow by others, by God, by whoever else it is, and we write ourselves out of God's story in some way, believing that God somehow doesn't care. This morning, God remembers. God remembers. God remembers. The right at the end of the story we see Know that God blesses Noah, bringing fruitfulness and life in and through Noah to fulfill his purposes. So there is love and life in this story as we would often understand God. But what's going on with the flood? What's going on with this flood? One writer puts it like this He says, This the flood is salvation through judgment not salvation in spite of judgment, not salvation and judgment, not half salvation and half judgment, it's salvation through judgment. I think that's quite helpful. You might want to reflect on that. I know that's lots of words, but actually you might want to reflect whether you think that's helpful or not. See, things are very bad in creation. And all our human endeavors, however good they are, are just not enough. So God puts Noah and his family in the ark. And the waters of judgment come. And two things happen as a consequence of the waters of judgment. First, they give the world a fresh start to stop the human violence. That's actually destroying, if you look at the text, because it's destroying God's creation. And at the same time, God is saving the world. He's redeeming the world. He's giving us human beings a second chance. So what about Noah? What do we see in the person of Noah that might give us some encouragement this morning? We see Noah, right at the beginning of this story, was a faithful man, daily, following, obedient, attentive to God. Noah listened to God, wanted to know what God had to say. Are we this morning really interested in the many, many ways in which we can listen to what God has to say to us? Do we really want to discover more of God and his wonders and what he wants to say to us this morning? And of course Noah was obedient. He didn't just hear, he didn't just have good plans. He followed it through. Noah built an ark. Now Noah comes along and God says, Noah, build me an ark. Trust me, God says to Noah, and build an ark. Just think how ridiculous the request is. And Noah built it. Noah builds the thing that he was called to, and it takes years to do it. Noah trusts the word of God. Noah trusts the promises of God. Nobody else does. Nobody else does. Everybody else mocks and laughs at Noah. But Noah trusts. Then along comes the water, and the same water that sinks everybody else, the same water that sinks other people who didn't believe in the word of God, actually lifts Noah up. Do you see that? Noah trusts, Noah floats, others sink. Now, this flood narrative I recognize is challenging, it, but it does show us deep down again and again that God cares and loves his world and creation. It's really important to God. God loves it and hates seeing it destroyed. Injustice, violence, and oppression. Fill God's hearts with pain and suffering. If you look at the text, you'll see how much pain and suffering that it takes that causes God. That means he acts. But yet God gets involved in this mess. He doesn't sit apart from it. He comes bringing hope and salvation. And of course for us as Christians this morning, what we see in the flood, we also see in Jesus The Son of God coming into the mess of our world. Ultimately, Jesus' heart is broken on the cross. Through his judgment, a righteous man, a holy man, we too can be saved for eternity. Salvation through judgment. And that means for those who want to put their trust in Jesus this morning, For those who'd say yes to Jesus, I trust you. It's an end to judgment. The judgment finishes. It's done. The violence is ended. What does Paul say in Romans 8? And do you believe this this morning for yourself? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation For those who are in Christ Jesus. Saved. Forgiven. So when the floods and the troubles continue to come into our lives, even if you're a Christian this morning, the struggles we have are still very real. We still need to be reminded we need to step into the ark. We need to step into the ark. Because if you don't get into the ark of the gospel, if you don't receive what Jesus has done for you, when the problems come into the life, they'll crush you. They'll overwhelm you. You'll be consumed by guilt and shame and despair and all the things you hope that through your own strength and your own will, you can save yourself. And ultimately, you'll sink. But in and through Jesus, in and through Jesus, the flood is over. Judgment and violence are finished. Judgment Day is not to be feared because of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So my challenge in this story to us this morning, to me and to you, Are we floating this morning? Or are we being overwhelmed? The story of Noah continues to be challenging, honest, difficult, but full of hope and salvation. I know many of us are exhausted and the beautiful sun is an amazing gift this morning. But God is calling us again to put our trust in him. To step into the ark of the fullness of the gospel of the kingdom of God. To trust in Jesus afresh. And to sail with him. Will you join him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your promises, your truth, your grace, your mercy that is new every morning. That, Father, in our weakness, our vulnerability, our, um, in our state that we currently are, we offer ourselves as we are where we are and come to you. Thank you that you have come to us in Jesus. Thank you for your patience with us. Forgive us when we try and go our way, own our way and we sink Father, we renew our trust in you this morning. And the Father, when big troubles or small troubles come into our lives and we feel feel ourselves being overwhelmed and consumed, we're reminded this morning to trust in you and to affirm that.